Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. We explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. You can buy stuff at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. You can support the show at anchor.fm, and you can subscribe and comment on Facebook and Instagram and various and sundry interactions. Enter you to win a book every month. So how about that? I'm joined in person by... Hey folks, it's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And via the internet by... John Ross here, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian. And every time Bradley introduces himself and says, it's Bradley, I think in my head that 1980s like sitcom, it's Bradley every single time. <laughs> I really I really need to get that. I really need to get that, <laughs> that tracked. <laughs> I can put it in. My goodness. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, there is no transition. There's no There's no professionalism that can get us into our main topic from there. That's just, well, that's just good stuff. Just well, do that's it. just that's just a cop out. Yeah, it is. But just dwell on that for the rest of the episode. That little jingle <laughs> that John came up with in 80s sitcom style for Bradley. Uh, so uh, in our Inquisition uh post this week one dustin beeman and by the way since i'm addressing this for you dustin you're not allowed to complain about me ignoring your questions for the next month uh (laughs) but he asked hey what's your life verse i don't really love that phrase but whatever uh so i figured you know particularly after the uh the barn burner of an episode we had last week talking about (laughs) gear talk um like what what are some fallback verses that or passages of scripture or what have you that we that we kind of go to whether it's just dwelling on it or if times are tough and you need something to fall back on uh or just stories you really really enjoy in the bible if you <laughs> if you ever seen uh tim hawkins the comedian yes you don't know who that is yeah you ever seen his bit on life verse no <laughs> You haven't seen that? Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! You got to YouTube it. So he, I'm I'm sure this, you know, is a story that has a lot of jam on the bread, uh, if you know what I mean. But he said he was uh, signing autographs after a show or something or other, and a lady walked up to him and said, "Would you write your life verse on there?" Um, and he uh, he said his life verse or his favorite verse is the one uh, was it Psalm 34, "Taste and see that the Lord is good," or uh-huh, uh-huh. Something like that. Um, I, I, I'm terrible at remembering chapter and verse, but that was his life verse, but he couldn't remember the reference. And so he said he just picked one out of thin air. He said, I just wrote th- <laughs> Psalm 38.7. Like, that's got to be a good one. It's in the Bible. So he just wrote Psalm 38.7. And he just kept signing autograph after autograph, writing Psalm 38.7 on there. And he said, oh, no. he's driving home and he's like, oh, man, I hope that's a good verse. That's a good verse. And he goes home and looks it up and he obviously quotes it in the old King Jimmy. Lo, I have a painful disease in my loins. (laughs) (laughs) You got to YouTube that bit. It's hilarious. Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now my favorite, my favorite one along those lines is from Malachi two. Yeah. Where, where God is accusing the corrupt priesthood in Jerusalem, like 
I say that you've corrupted the sacrifices. You're like, how have we corrupted sacrifices? How have we corrupted God and, and all that? So Malachi 2, verse 3. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, <laughs> the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. God literally said, I'm going to spread poop on your face. Mm-hmm. He's the OG with the phrase. <laughs> rubbing your nose in it no, yeah. yeah i was thinking of something i was thinking of something else but i won't quote it oh. you know for <laughs> something uh, faced oh, yeah. oh oh yes you know in uh in in my in my world and not really sure where it came from i think it was probably back from my college days um the the one that's always like the one weird like scriptural passage that always pops into my head is ezekiel twenty three twenty. yeah where they where they talk about God's people essentially uh, whoring themselves out to the desires of the flesh and uh, and mm-hmm. the ways of the world and uh, and principalities and governments that are not instituted by by God or something along those lines. I'm not quite sure the uh, the full context because it's a weird one. There's donkeys mm-hmm. and emissions and things, and it just doesn't. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of, but but uh, not the kind you get the little sticker on your car for. <laughs> No, we don't have those in Nebraska. We don't have those in South Carolina either. Yeah. We Good. like freedom. Absolutely. I'm surprised Texas does. That always that always made me that always made me puzzled. Like out of all places that would like enforce, you know, like maintenance maintenance and emissions checks on a vehicle, Texas wouldn't be you know, like the first on my list of uh, of of guesses. Um, you know, before we uh, before we get into to other things, I, I messaged you last night, and I asked you to remind me of of something. Uh, what did I ask you to remind me of? Uh, let me remind me about exacerbation tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know where this is going. So, in uh, uh, the uh, the speaker of, of this uh, asked to remain anonymous, um, but I could say at one point in his life, he has worn a collar. Um, so, you know, do with that what you will. Uh, we were doing our, uh, our end of elders meeting devotion and uh, Ephesians uh, speaking about parenting. And there's the passage at Ephesians 6, I believe. Uh, do not exacerbate. Uh, your children driving them to anger, just uh, good advice and 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 topic. You know, uh, apropos to the topic of the show, something I think of a lot when my temper gets the better of me. Um, you know, don't uh, don't just keep poking your kids to make them upset, uh, which is just good advice. Uh, but one of the other elders spoke up and said, uh, you know, exacerbation is my spiritual gift. And uh, this individual, this individual leans over to me. And he's like, it's better than <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> I'm going to have to put an explicit tag on this episode. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't oh that gosh. be something, man? Oh, my God. We're going to have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Adult themes present. <laughs> We're just talking about the Bible, but there's some adult themes this week. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So, (laughs) in a more... uh, 
So in terms of actual favorite type of stuff, not just the stuff that makes us giggle mm. uh, out of our out of our own juvenile sense of humor. Uh, Bradley, you're the pastor. Reel us in here. <laughs> we need help. Um, you know, um, gosh, it's hard to narrow it down um, to one verse. I mean, um, I, I tell you the verses that come to mind would be um, one of my favorites is Isaiah 4610. Um where God says, I'm the, I'm the God who declares the end from the beginning. You do quote mm-hmm. that a lot. I quote that a lot. Um, it's just like a, that's an anchor for me. You know, there, this is, the, things are not chaotic. They are not random. Yep. Nothing is random. Nothing is by chance. Um, we're, we're not left to the hands of fate. We're not, um, we're not living from karma. We, you know, God has a plan and he's executing that plan and, and his plan was finished before it began. Mm. Um, that's a, that's an anchor for me. Um, I think of another one, I, I could name a bunch, but um, Ephesians chapter 5, 15, uh, I think is where it starts, um, where Paul talks about, you know, uh, be wise seeing all that's around you don't be a fool understand what the lord's will is and then he he describes the lord's will uh don't be drunk with wine uh which is debauchery but be filled with the spirit and then he goes on to talk about what being filled with the spirit looks like yep. and what it looks like is we sing in evil days you know that's that's the thing is um Make the most of the time in evil days. And evil days are days that are destructive, days that tend toward wastefulness and debauchery. But as the people of God, we're not to come to that. We're to be filled with the Spirit and sing to one another and give thanks, make melody in our hearts. And then it's interesting, John, you know, you mentioned the passage about parenting in Ephesians 6, it's right out of that command to be filled with the Spirit that he goes right into marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Parents, don't provoke your children to anger. So there's like a, all of that flows right out of that instruction mm-hmm. to be filled with the Spirit. Um, and that goes into giving thanks always. So, and for everything. So, so always and for everything so how often literally all the time and mm-hmm. for what literally everything yeah you know I, mary and i were praying uh together this morning and praying for someone in particular who is kind of i don't know someone that we mentor together mm-hmm. uh young person in the lord and a young person in life um and we were talking about how this person is going through some difficult things, uh, battling some doubts, some fears, some sin issues and what have you. And, um, she has, she's been on on kind of a spiritual high and now she's kind of dealing with a spiritual low. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I encouraged Mary to say to her was just that, you know what, this is all part of your spiritual growth. You're not regressing you're growing it it's mm-hmm. god uses even those times where it feels like we're in a spiritual desert 
to grow us. When we when we are His, we know that even those those times where we just don't feel like singing, we don't feel like giving thanks, we should because right. God's using them. Um, mm. So I, I I think that's absolutely right. So I could I could name a bunch more, but I'll let you guys go. Yeah, I mean that that goes right into my favorite chapter of the Bible being Romans eight. Yeah, which absolutely. is one. It's richly trinitarian, mm-hmm. uh, and it has such a good summary of both the gospel and then the consequences of the gospel in our at least in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously the the most famous part being you know, twenty eight through thirty. Um, we know that those who that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So it's not just everything works out for good, but God is working that for your good. Yeah, but keep reading. Right. What's the next verse? For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, so as in foreloved, not just that they right. that He knew they would do things beforehand. Mm-hmm. Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. All right, so stop right there. This is what people don't get with this verse. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So the the two questions you got to ask there, what's the good and who are called according to it? Who, who is it that love God and are called according to his purpose? Right. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose are those whom he foreknew and predestined. Those, what's the good that those, everything's working together for, for those people, the conformity to the image of his son. Exactly. So it's not, you can't leverage that verse. It can't be your life verse that if I lose a job, God's going to give me a better one. Yeah. Exactly. If I if I lose some money, God's going to give me more money. If I get sick, God's going to make me more healthy. It's no all of that, the good, bad, and everything in between. God's working to conform us to the image of his son. That's the good. Yep. We look more like Jesus. He works it all to make us look more like Jesus. That's the good. And that's a great life verse if you get that. If you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I you know, I think that's uh that's one of my one of my favorite verses to point out the uh, the correction for. Yep. Uh, yeah. Because it speaks so richly, you know, to the heart of God and into the true nature of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even even those of us who who are uh, you know deeply steeped in uh, in a, we'll call it an orthodox understanding of. Uh, of soteriology and, and, and such things. Uh, even we can fall into those moments where we doubt and consider, uh, you know, the, the why me and, and things like that. And, uh, and keeping that, that passage as almost like a calibration being like, no, mm-hmm. you know, my, my sinful human nature is trying to skew my expectations, but the reality of it is, is that as the Father reconciles us to Him through Christ, He is conforming us to the nature of Christ in that process, through whatever may may come, and uh, that correction uh, piece only in so much as people uh, get it get it wrong, right? Um, and I would argue people get it wrong. Uh, more innocently than they do like uh, Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, 
you know, 828 is very much a, a passage that needs to be viewed exegetically within the context of, of course, all of scripture, but of the nature of the letter to the Romans. I mean, it's, it, it's vitally, vitally important uh, there. And, and so many people don't take that step to, to help understand. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Philippians 4, uh, 13, which I think is, that's a, that's a verse that, you know, you ask a Christian, what's your life verse? What, what, what's a, a favorite go-to? That's one they're going to quote a lot of them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens and, me. And how many of them have read verse 12? Exactly. It's like, you know, what Paul's talking about there is that the Philippian church had taken an offering for him and for whatever reason had been unable to get it to him. Mm -hmm. But he says, you know, I'm grateful that you've revived your concern for me. But basically, he tells them, I just want you to know I'm okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm grateful for the money. It's helpful. Mm -hmm. But I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. I, I know what it's like to be in lack and I know what it's like to be in plenty. Yep. I've learned the secret of contentment. And what's the secret? I can do all things through Christ. And so, yeah, I, I can do all things through Christ means, yes, I, I I know how I know what it's like to be content in all things, whether circumstantially my life is good or bad or every. It's a parallel verse in some ways to Romans eight twenty eight um, because yeah. it's, he's talking about the same thing. It's Absolutely. not talking about dunking a basketball. Yeah, or, it's or it's running not, or exactly. running really fast. And every, yeah, it's like, not talking about like the the extra right. It's not yeah. talking about um, oh I can I mean we're getting into to other mis, misinterpreted sections of scripture, but, oh, you know, I can slay my, I can slay my giants, right? right. I mm -hmm. can uh, shoot, forbid, pull myself up by my bootstraps and, uh, and uh, attain uh, that uh, level of, of divinity, uh, to, yeah. you know, so to speak, or, if, or I can win, or I can win a football game. Sorry, Tim yeah. Tebow. He's <laughs> yeah. describing that in all things, I do it through Christ. That is my context, and I'm okay because if, of that. If Philippians 4.13 is about physical ability and running really fast, and that's supposed to apply to me, then the Bible's wrong. <laughs> because not only, it's not just that you have to time my 40 sprint with a with a sundial you have to time it with a calendar <laughs> <laughs> seven you know, years later <laughs> yeah Co Co <laughs> cody's 40 time is one hour <laughs> um you know another one that uh i think people talk about a lot as a life verse is jeremiah 29 11 oh my god i know the plans i have yeah. for you and and it that yeah. verse is so much better in context, though. Yes. It is. And, and it just in case some of our listeners haven't thought about the context, I mean, Israel is in, you know, exile, captivity in Babylon, and there are false prophets going around that are telling the people, look, we're not going to be here long. God's going to get us out of this or whatever. And Jeremiah comes along and says, nope, the Lord says you're going to be here 70 years. And get you, you get comfortable. We're going to be here a minute, but then I know the plans I have for you. And so it, it's very much a, a verse that can be an anchor uh, for us in suffering is that, you know, even if this lingers, 
Um, I can, I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I mean, that, that is, you know, obviously I'm quoting new Testament here, but Jeremiah is, is encouraging people while he's giving them circumstantially bad news. We're going to be here a while, you know, and, and the beauty, the beauty of that, I mean, you know, when we view scripture, obviously we, we, we view it with the understanding that God is steadfast. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of 2911 isn't that um, plans, to, plans to prosper you. It's like, oh boy, yes. Yep. Um, give you hope and a future. Wow, this sounds fantastic. But it, that's, that's all just wishy-washy, temporal just mm-hmm. junk. The beauty of 2911 is that knowing that God is steadfast and that this is an anti-type to God's salvific work to reconcile us to him and our hope and prosperity and future isn't here. It's in the yeah. new heavens and a new earth as we are brought out of our of our exile you know to, yeah. to quote the old hymn i am but a stranger here heaven is my home that's the beauty in 29 11 and you're right cody is like in context so much more powerful yeah so yeah. i mean this really kind of turned into a hey what are some popular memory verses that are taken out of context but mm-hmm. they're way way better in context they are you know even what, even even i think of uh john three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Of, of he got he had just finished talking about uh, the bronze serpent in the wilderness that Moses put up so that the the Hebrews who were bitten by snakes could look in faith on the snake and be saved. Mm. And he says, just like that, whoever believes, not just Jews. Yeah, like you, you talked about this recently, mm-hmm. where in Luke, where Jesus calls out uh, the religious elites, like it's this isn't just for you. Right. This is this is for the nations. Whoever yeah. believes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think think of, uh, you know, I think often we we sometimes uh, shy away from thinking of the emotional impact of uh, of the historical events when these things were were spoken. But think of the emotional impact on the Gentiles when this was when this was said. You know, mm-hmm. where where they're. Uh, immediately they realize that they're no longer an outsider looking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that yeah. they, that they are part of, of this, this great salvation narrative. I mean, that's, uh, you know, something that, that we sometimes take for granted being, you know, being raised in the church and, and, and knowing now that, that, you know, for God so loved the world. Uh, but at that time, you know, that, under, you know, that understanding was not common and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely some beauty there. You know, you mentioned memory verses and, and that's actually something my kids do all the time, you know, for, for Christian day school. Uh, they, they have one for, for every letter of the alphabet every year. Um, and so they, they do them, you know, every week and, or every other week or, or something along those lines. And, uh, uh, I always makes me wonder, you know, the, the, the why behind it, because like, don't get me wrong. Memorization is fantastic because it, 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 it nearly writes it on the heart. Right. And like, that's, that's the power of like, of like historical liturgies, you know, where, uh, a, a rich, uh, litany, uh, call and response sort of service format 
I mean, still to this day, I haven't, I don't think I've been in a, a Lutheran liturgical service um, in, in a number of years. And I could probably go uh, front to back on uh, divine service too, without missing a beat. And mm-hmm. the, and when I do that, you know, thinking of, of uh, the, the richness uh, of the scripture used uh, within uh, certainly has some benefits. Um, but, you know, I don't disagree with, with memory work and, and things like that. Uh, I, I do my best to encourage my kids to not only memorize it, you know, to make the, make the requirement, but to also explain to me what it means um, in, in yeah. so much as they can. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's helped. Um, but at the same time, that also encourages them to recall it in their own words instead of uh, verbatim, which mm, doesn't really speak to the requirement. Um, but in general, that memorization is, is pretty big in, in the Lutheran tradition, um, you know, to the point where, uh, you know, when, uh, uh, when, a, when a young individual is confirmed, you know, usually, uh, usually at the end of, of eighth grade um, for the uninitiated confirmation within the Lutheran church, not speaking to the Roman Catholic church, uh, is confirmation of the faith to which you were baptized into uh, when, when you were, when you were an infant, there's, uh, you know, there's obviously the, uh, uh, the divergence of, uh, baptismal doctrines, uh, there, but that's essentially what confirmation is, 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 uh, you, you go through your, your catechetical study for, for a number of years. And at the end of that, you confirm the faith to which, uh, you were baptized into. And, and often, uh, with that, a confirmand is, uh, now, my, my church historically in, in Lincoln has done it differently and it allows the confirmant to choose their own passage. And I've never been, been okay really with that. Um, I think there's a, and maybe it's because of just sheer scale, but when, uh, when I was confirmed, granted six, maybe five, yeah, I think five people in my confirmation uh, class as opposed to like 30, you know, Christ Lincoln or more. Uh, when, uh, yeah, when so when, when I was confirmed, I, w- I was given uh, a confirmation verse. Uh, in fact, uh, one of my kids out in, uh, um, well, just outside the office, found uh, my old banner that was made for me for confirmation that has my verse written on it, and uh, it's John fifteen sixteen. Um, oh, and now you've blanked. I completely forgot it because. Um, I just saw the blue screen of death come across your eyes. <laughs> you did not choose me. I chose you and ordained you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, that you may receive everything you ask in my name. Uh, the, the last part, obviously, um, could be taken, once again, uh, you know, out of context of, of greater scripture. Uh, but hearing from, from my, my childhood pastor, who I always had kind of a tense relationship with, um, hearing from him... Um, you know, applying that, that verse to, to my walk, you know, that, uh, that in, in some way that I was, or I was ordained to bear, to bear good fruit, to, to, to allow, uh, the spirit to shine through me through those spiritual gifts. And, uh, you know, that, I, I don't think of it often, but but when I do, there's there's value there, and and even though I had a bit of a train wreck, I, I still I still remember it to this day. Um, 
but you know, just I guess while I'm at it, you know, just John in general, man, and it has nothing to do with my name, but John in general is just fantastic. Like, it uh, is. First, first John, uh, a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or understood it, or you know, pick your translation. Um, that one always comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, and it's not like I uh, like I'm in a I'm in a tough spot, so I you know say it as some sort of personal credo. Uh, it just <clears throat> it always comes to mind. Uh, when when anything's going on, it's like behold, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Like there's uh, there there's beauty there, and and I think uh, you know I probably uh, attribute some uh, some imagery uh, there um, that make it a little more uh, I don't know dramatic in my, in my head for whatever reason, uh, but it just seems so cool, and uh, just that that concept. And, uh, yeah, anyways, that, that's neither here nor there, but, uh, answers the question. I guess if I were to have a life verse, it'd be that one. Uh, light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not overcome. Good stuff. Inquisition. Sure. And this is the Inquisition, our weekly segment where you ask us questions and we answer them off the cuff which is really what the other two guys on this podcast do anyway most of the time (laughs) but this is coming from you and not from me so uh we'll just do two quick questions well maybe quick questions uh this one as is tradition we start with brian morris and uh there was a thread in the westminster effects doxology podcast lounge regarding the blessing um i don't the song yes uh, and the lyrics involved, and obviously you can't argue with the lyrics because they're literally scripture. It's more so about the arrangement. Is it overly repetitive? That kind of thing. And uh, and I mentioned how when we did it recently, instead of doing He Is For You, I think it's 16 times in a row, um, we ended with the same chord progression, but we mashed up with the doxology. Mm-hmm. And that yes. was... That sound one, it was. I mean, you can't argue with the doxology. Right. Nope. Two, it sounded really cool. It did. There was a little bit of musical tension in there, just with the chord progression and sure. the vocal melody and that kind of thing. But it just brought it all together even more. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's uh, we have these. You know, the Lord bless you and keep you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right. Mm. Um, so. His question is, what are your thoughts on how to adapt worship songs that might be lacking or fall short to be more appropriate for corporate worship within what CCLI and various and sundry licensing organizations allow? Sure. You know, we, uh, you know, I I mentioned last week on, on the show is that for, for Easter, we actually did uh, "Ain't No Grave," which uh, is uh, is from the Bethel catalog, and uh, you know I I get uneasy with that. Uh, you know I I'll, I'll fully admit that, um, but it it accomplished uh, it accomplished a a good purpose uh, in our midst, and and we did make some changes uh, to it. Now we didn't make lyrical changes in in so much as we we took we we didn't pick words out of a stanza and shove new words in such is in fact um, if you publish it on a screen uh, that is in violation of CCLI 
uh, guidelines uh, and and arguably requirements. Um, but you do have the freedom to arrange a song how, how you choose, just like you did with uh, with the blessing and the doxology. I mean, so certainly combining, uh, you know, uh, a song that may be uh, overly simple uh, or 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 such a you know such as one with the blessing where the original the original arrangement gets uh, uh, gets a little too me focused and you know mashing that up with uh, with something that's like a great anthem of the church such as doxology is certainly an option uh, with with ain't no grave we changed the order of some verses and uh, and really shortened it down um, and you did not do the the super problematic portion either if i recall correctly right which that would be the if you walked out of the grave i'm walking to i was referencing uh he went on down to hell and well took back every key the so the, the of course descent, that, that that depends the, on how you read that of course that is a tension for me personally but but in in the lutheran confessions the the doctrine of the dissensus is an accepted doctrine uh where uh during uh, during that time between uh, crucifixion and resurrection, uh, the teaching of the Lutheran Church is that uh, he didn't suffer in hell. I mean, that's a no, uh, right? But uh, went down there to proclaim victory over sin, death, and the devil. Right. I don't see a lot of scriptural support there. So even in the version of the Apostles' Creed that we use, sometimes I'll mumble over that part because I I just don't really have, uh, I, I don't really see the full support there. Uh, and although I can frame it for myself that he almost allegorically went down to proclaim proclaim victory uh i have i have a difficult time confessing ecumenically allegory uh but uh regardless no we did not do uh that stanza if memory serves um and we were given some freedom in in the song because uh there was oh i don't want to i don't want to really take the time uh looking it up but i think i'm going to um there is a verbiage change in the uh uh in the song and it was a it'd be a verbiage change that we would have have done had we been been able to um Oh yeah, they ain't no grave gonna hold my body down, right? We were we were able to because later in the song it goes, "There ain't no grave gonna hold your body down." We were able to emphasize that lyric over the right. other one because it already exists later on in the song. So you can be creative like that within within arrangements. You know, I always think of uh, uh, back in uh, back in college. Uh, Matt Redmond's uh, "Blessed Be Your Name" was was a big one, right? And uh, it was it was a banger. And there is a there's a, a a part in the bridge where it's uh, uh, you give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, 
Blessed be your name. And as as young Lutheran college goers, a choice. Ah, my will is bound. <laughs> God, and uh, you know, up in arms. And uh, you know, there'd be those of us in the congregation silently, audibly, audibly judging uh, other other bands who would play it with the original lyric. And so uh, we we didn't know about any of the CCLI regulations and, and things like that. And so we would usually change it. It was like, um, oh, geez, you, uh, you guide my heart to say or something along those lines. But later on, sometimes I've just, uh, I've just, cut, the, I've just cut the bridge out of it um, and done his instrumental break. I mean, there, there's certainly freedom there, but... Uh, as silly as it seems that we can't change a lyric, you know, we, we have to make, we have to be of the understanding that, um, that our churches have a agreement with CCLI who has an agreement with the artists. And, uh, you know, we need to be, uh, a, a respectful, uh, party subject, uh, to the- well, there is, there is something to be said for artistic intent. Um, mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, we, we exegetically read the Bible, right? So if, if we're exegeting what an artist intends, mm-hmm. and obviously some artists are more open to saying, yeah, interpret this however you want, personalize it, whatever. But, but if, if they're talking about God, I think there's a little, typically, there's a little less wiggle room in how someone else is going to interpret that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, if, if we have to rearrange the entirety of a song, I don't know that we would really go that route no. here at Res. I think you I think you've got to Obviously this isn't like a, a super black and white it's not dogmatic kind of thing. I think, you know, my uh, there's so much we could dive into and debate on this topic and um and I get that. I think it's a worthy debate in certain settings, but mm-hmm. you know, my my encouragement would be, and it's what I've it's what I've said to Stephen and you and mm-hmm. um, and others, is that we just don't need to overcomplicate things. If a song requires too much rearrangement and explanation in order for us to feel like at Res Church, we can sing and worship and glorify God well through this song, then we don't need to do the song. Mm. There's just too many songs out there. You know, the blessing, I think, it, like you said, it's straight scripture lyrically. Uh, it does get repetitive. Uh, and it comes out of a church where we have question marks about how they are interpreting those um, inspired words from scripture in that song. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if if any of those things present too much of a problem for you, your team, and or your church altogether, then just don't do the song. There should not be, you know, peer pressure, popular mm. pressure yeah. to do that song because it's popular and everybody's singing it. I mean, um, I think what Stephen did was, you know, the first time we did the blessing at Res, we only did a portion of it, and we did it at the service that we were praying over and blessing Keith and Carrie Cothran Mm. as they're going out to launch a new church. And we just sang the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you uh, and be gracious to you. Amen. That's what, that's all we sang. That was the first time that song had ever been done. And then the next time when we did pretty much the whole song is when Stephen added the, 
or you guys, I don't know whose idea it was. I don't recall exactly how we did that. It, it came together doc- in rehearsal. Yeah, you guys added the doxology, and it was great. So um, that worked for Riz. It may not work for Christ Lincoln or Church XYZ out there that um, can't get comfortable with that song for a variety of reasons. I think the key issues with worship are unity and God, unity around a focus on the the God of heaven and earth and who's who we know him to be through sacred scripture and that's what we need to focus on and i think it's it's fine to read i i I, to be honest i didn't know we couldn't change lyrics without breaking the law (laughs) i didn't know that Uh, i don't think we've ever done that here though i think we have either um but i think rearranging a song is is great removing some of the repetitiveness I think is something that happens on the regular here at Res because yeah. we're just not a church that gets into a, a single phrase repeated over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. So we just remove some of that repetitive repetitiveness in songs that we feel like would be great for and, our church. And then you've got some of those songs where it, you think it's ended, but surprise, they're going to do the bridge eight more times yeah, and then right. the chorus another two times and yeah. whatever. And it goes well, on. You got you to make time for the altar minutes. call there, bud. Right, yeah. right. You bring and, then them up. You, and then and then you are obligated to go into just as I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last question from Matthew Winter. He has a question on Christian liberty. He said uh, he went out last night because his favorite karaoke bar is finally open. Uh, he didn't really sing typical karaoke type of stuff, but he sang Ronnie James Dio and Judas Priest. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And he's wondering if he should feel guilty about that. You know, there's stuff like common grace and he's like, obviously there are lines that shouldn't be crossed, like probably shouldn't do the whole corpse paint, uh, black metal thing and then go sing about burning churches at karaoke. Right. Like don't do the Swedish black metal thing. Um, (laughs) Uh, obviously there are lines that uh, shouldn't be crossed, especially for those who have any kind of platform or online presence. Matthew does have a podcast. Mm -hmm. We have a podcast, whatever. He has a really Uh, good podcast voice, by the way, like puts our voices to shame, man. I actually haven't listened. I need, I need to make that happen, but he, you know, he's thinking of things like avoiding the appearance of evil and stuff like that. Uh, Hold on right there. There's a verse. Another one that gets taken that out of gets context. taken out of context. Um, you you read that passage, and and Paul is not talking about. You know, it, it it's not a direct application to singing songs that have questionable lyrics, or uh, if you are in a legalistic church tradition, getting caught in the parking lot of a liquor store, or <laughs> mm-hmm. even though you're not going in, or st- stuff like that's the way that gets leveraged. What what he's talking about is don't despise prophecies. Mm. avoid the appearance of evil by despising prophecies that that's what he's calling evil in that Mm. verse uh in fact i I think it's worth it bears reading um that's in thessalonians um let me look it up um well you got two options first thessalonians 5 22 (laughs) you got two options what do you mean of First and Second Thessalonians. Yeah, it's chapter five, verse twenty-two. Um, let's see. Um, rejoice always. This is verse sixteen. Pray without ceasing. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I don't think those are a series of isolated statements. There's a flow of thought there that we should always be rejoicing, always praying, always giving thanks um, for this is the will of God. Don't quench the spirit. The spirit is working in us for all of these things. Rejoicing, prayer without ceasing, giving thanks, uh, and also not despising prophecies but testing everything and holding fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. I don't think you can draw a straight line from that to secular music, other mm-hmm. debatable things like, you know, alcohol or, you know, whatever else. I, I had a friend who, uh, who had this abused with him uh, where, and, and obviously like we can talk dating culture and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but he dated a girl in college whose family was very independent fundamentalist Baptist. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were not allowed to ride in a car alone together because of the appearance of evil. Right. And that's that and you it, can't, you can't draw a straight line there. Now here's where this could be applicable to this situation. Okay. Matthew's asking a question about it's a, it's a, it's really a question of conscience. Is yep. it not? I mean, it he, is. he's doing songs at a karaoke bar. I think you're going exactly the direction I was going to go. Keep going. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's an issue of conscience. So what Paul's talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5 is the Spirit's work in us to lead us to be rejoicing at all times, praying at all times, uh, giving thanks at all times, discerning prophecy at all times. Um and we're not to quench him in that work. So if a, here's where we could maybe build a bridge over the river to get to the application for Matthew is that if doing a certain song or two in a karaoke bar hinders you rejoicing in all things, praying at all Mm -hmm. times, giving thanks in all circumstances, if it is a quench of the spirit in your heart for whatever reason, then yeah, you might, you might say, okay, I need to avoid the appearance of evils that I don't want to do anything that's going to hinder the spirit's work in me in those things. Right. Um, that, that might be a, almost an abstract application of that verse, but I, I, I just, I think that, you know, it's an issue of conscience at a karaoke bar and the spirit is in Matthew. It's in me. It's in you. It's in all he's in, not it. He is in all of us working to lead us to be giving God thanks and glory in all circumstances, uh, whether it's prophecy, prayer, thanksgiving, rejoicing, all of that. Or, or what bands you listen to. Or what or bands what, you listen like to. Like there, there have been, there. this hasn't happened often, but every now and then, like I'll listen to a metal band, look up the lyrics and be like, Ugh. Yeah. Like, it's one thing for them to be angry. It's another thing to get like behemoth, like outright blasphemous, mm-hmm. blasphemous mm-hmm. Um, things, things that I can't even approach quoting here. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Well, you know, Bradley, I, uh, 
you went to the other side. You went you went to the internalistic or the internal conscience, the conscience of one's self. When I first heard the question, I immediately went uh, to uh, meat sacrifice to idols, guarding the consciences of others and being mindful yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dio's fantastic. So is Judas Priest. So is Slayer and poison and iron maiden and and the whole the whole gosh darn list um and just because of of the character of the individual uh or or the group or the con even the content of of some of their catalog i don't think that should exclude you from uh enjoying it and sharing your enjoyment even even karaoke uh you know, in, in a karaoke bar setting, uh, you know, so seldom, um, unless there's like really hardcore people there, it's like, I want to sing that one next time. You know, they're probably not going to really care, you know, mm-hmm. who who wrote it and, and where to find it and, and whatnot. And and then automatically be exposed to the entire catalog, bringing them, you know, bringing them down and, and jeopardizing their eternal soul. Uh, but I, I think what you can... Uh, I think what you can focus on there is, you know, take a look at the at the lyrics and content of the song that you want to perform, and yeah. uh, you know, in that, if there is uh, if there is content or messaging in there uh, that could cause another one to stumble, maybe don't do it. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, good stuff, Tyler. Yeah, man, good stuff. Well, Ride the thanks. lightning. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye now. <laughs>